there, I'm Andrea Koppel, and it's time for coffee, the podcast where you get to hear firsthand what the jobs and careers that interest you the most are really like. Hey there, Java junkies. Welcome back to another episode of T for C. If you love food, especially soup, then this is the episode for you because my next guest has built a business around the soup that her mom made for her family when Sarah was growing up. But before I introduce you to Sarah Pollan, also known as Supergirl, I want to make sure you've signed up for the Java Junkies Journal. That's Time for Coffee's weekly newsletter that comes out on Mondays to give you a sneak peek into the episodes and the professionals we're going to be featuring that week. Just head over to the Time for Coffee website at time, the number four, coffee.org, and the sign-up box is right there. Now, my comfort food-loving coffee drinkers, please grab your mug and take a chug of your favorite caffeinated brew, because it's time for another caffeinated career conversation. And my guest is Sarah Pollan, whose career path after graduation had many twists and turns, including working at an internet startup, leading tours through the Middle East, and several years as a stand-up comic in New York City. Then in 2008, after reading Michael Pollan's book, The Omnivore's Dilemma, she founded Supergirl along with her mom, Marilyn Pollan, aka Supermom and Chief Anxiety Officer. By sourcing seasonally from local farmers, the company makes a wide variety of healthy, kosher, all-natural vegan soups that can be found all over the East Coast. And you can find Supergirl products at the company's two D.C. area retail locations, at Whole Foods stores from Kentucky through Virginia, at Giant, at Little spelled L-I-D-L, Wegmans, Peapod, and Costco Warehouse from Massachusetts down to Washington, D.C. And if you don't live in that region, the company also ships soup nationwide through their Super Meals program. Supergirl has received national press and has been featured in such publications as the Washington Post, Food and Wine, O Magazine, and the soup duo was most recently seen on ABC's Shark Tank, on NBC's Today Show, and CBS's The Dish. Sarah, welcome to Time for Coffee. Are you caffeinated and ready to go? I'm ready. I'm currently caffeinating myself, so I'm really excited to be here. Okay. Is there another way to caffeinate oneself? Is that like IV drip? If we could figure that out, that'd be great. But otherwise, I'll just stick to chugging coffee. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, we are going to be focusing this episode on how our young listeners can break into the food industry. The first espresso shot. What entry-level jobs, Sarah, are available to young people who want to break into this industry? The first thing you can do is just get a retail job at any food establishment, a fast casual establishment. That's a great way to see what it's like to be in the food industry, to watch the ordering and the receiving and the prepping and watch how the chefs monitor waste and keep track of quality. So just working at a restaurant or a fast casual place or something like that is a great way to just learn about how the food industry works. Terrific. And what about if they were to go like one step up from that? What are entry-level jobs they should be looking out for? 
if you want to take a step up and work with a food manufacturing place like mine, there's first of all, there's internships, there's social media needs for startup food companies. And that way you also get to learn about the process. You want to record it. You want to communicate your values, the company's values, things like that. So there's marketing opportunities and also sales opportunities, get you out on the field and get you talking about the product. And then there's quality control in the factory. So there's a whole myriad opportunities in food production on an entry level basis. Wonderful. What about a useful skill or skills? And let's group this in terms of hard skills and soft skills, Sarah, that you look for in the young people that you hire at Supergirl. Well, I really look for attention to detail. There are so many moving parts when it comes to this business. We really look for people that can catch little mistakes, pay attention to the smallest things. I mean, I'm talking about catching an extra space on an ingredient label, something like that. And then also you need a lot of energy. There's never a predictable day. So you need to have the energy and stamina to be able to shift gears and stay focused and know that every day is going to be different, but you're all marching towards the same goal. Wonderful. What about someone's major? Is it a deciding factor to get into your profession? In other words, if they haven't studied whatever it is about the food industry that interests them, is it a deal breaker? Absolutely not. My major was American history. And while I love reading about American history in my spare time, which I don't have much of, it has absolutely nothing to do or had absolutely nothing to do with what I do now. I think just the skills you learn at school, you're able to apply them to all different types of industries. And whether it be food or tech, if you learn analytical skills and problem solving skills, and you're able to work in a team that you'll learn regardless of your major. So that certainly shouldn't be a deterrent to anyone. Fantastic. What about a graduate school degree? And I guess this is less so for the entry level positions and more so for somebody like you, if they want to be a founder or CEO of their own food company. I think that can go either way. Most of my peers in the startup food world here in Washington, D.C. do not have graduate degrees. They just decided to, quote unquote, follow their passion and leave their jobs and start businesses and kind of go to business school via starting a business. But if you want to learn more skills and learn accounting, learn finance, something like that, graduate degree is certainly not going to hurt you, but it is not a prerequisite to starting a business or joining a growing food business. Good to know. Thank you. What about life experiences, Sarah? I know you got a lot of experience eating your mom's soup growing up. (laughs) What do you think are the most useful life experiences for someone who wants to get into the food industry? You know, that really depends on the person. I know some startups that were founded by 24 or 25-year-olds and they're thriving and other ones started by people in their 40s and 50s that are really struggling. So it really depends on the person. The most important thing is that you stay focused and you know what you want to do. If you want to start a food business or if you want to join one, it's important that you believe in the mission. And I think that's more important than specific life experiences that you may or may not have. Okay. I'm actually wondering though, because I know that you, as I said in the introduction, led tours, various tourists 
who wanted to go to the Middle East. Did any of the food that you ate there, the spices that you experienced while you were leading those tours, have they made their way into any of your soups? Oh, yeah. So that, you know, life experiences when I was traveling, I learned all about cooking with tahini and za'atar and sumac and spices like that. But then my mother also cooked with classic American spices. She also experimented with Indian flavors. And and so certainly travel can help with that. But because we live in such an experimental fun time in food in America, you can, you know, kind of travel the world in a culinary way by just going to New York City or something like that. There's so many different neighborhoods and people cooking different ways and different cuisines. And then also I could say, you know, my stand-up comedy days allowed me to think quickly on my feet and respond quickly and handle quote-unquote hecklers on Yelp or something like that. I have thick skin and I know how to respond, but I don't want that to be a deterrent. I mean, you can apply all kinds of life skills, whether you're a camp counselor and you learned how to problem solve with a a sick child or you're a, a triathlete and you learned how to overcome a knee injury. You can apply all of these specific life experiences to entrepreneurship. Oh, such great points. What for you, Sarah, is the best part of being in this profession? We get to feed people with food that we believe in. I think so many people are eating food that's really not good for them and not good for the planet. And every day I get to feed people with food that I know is making the world a better place. And I'm very proud of that. It really drives me every day to keep going, even when we hit some obstacles. I'm guessing it also sustains you, right? Because you're fueling yourself with this good food too. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, I, I I eat soup. Everyone says, do you get sick of soup? I said, no, absolutely not. Because there's so many different flavors and textures and aromas. And, and I am exactly I'm doing that. I'm fueling myself deliciously with the perfect food. I mean, since starting this business, I've lost a ton of weight and dropped my cholesterol over 50 points. So I know we're doing something right. Amazing. So... Every job, and it doesn't matter if you're the big boss or not, has aspects of it that are really hard. So what is the part of your current job, Sarah, that sucks the most? (laughs) Managing people. No one teaches an entrepreneur how to be a boss. And I have learned so many hard lessons and I've lost definitely some great staff over the years because I didn't learn how to be a manager. I mean, I'm a stand-up comedian. And so... It's taken a lot to find that balance between being close to people and friendly and accommodating their needs, but also putting the needs of the business as a priority. And I've read books and I've gone to seminars and I've you know, found mentors, but that is so challenging. Oh, yeah. It's always easy to manage the great employees, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. ones who aren't so great, but maybe have potential. Mm-hmm. That's very time consuming. Yeah. Yeah. Time consuming and energy draining, but you got to do it. Yes, definitely. So we'll get into that in our main time for coffee interview for sure. Sarah, what is the best career advice you've ever gotten? Be proactive. Try to stay one to two steps ahead whenever you can. So some of the biggest mistakes I've made have been hiring reactively and kind of growing in a responsive manner instead of proactively planning my budget, my hiring needs, knowing who I need for what role. And that's something I still struggle with. 
be proactive about whether you're choosing your career, going out on interviews, whatever you can do to stay one step ahead of the game, you're setting yourself up for better success. Oh, that is great advice. Thank you. Two final espresso shots. What movies, if any, or Netflix, Amazon, Hulu shows, or books do you think accurately depict your profession? (laughs) I haven't seen a movie that really accurately depicts it, but I don't I don't watch much TV or movies, so that's a tough one. That's the the question I have a lot of trouble with. I only watch movies that really inspire me when it comes to my business. So something like The Game Changers or something like that really gives an accurate depiction of what it's like. And then the book, there are a number of books written by female chefs that I think can really give a good depiction of the food world. I'll have to get back to you on the name of one. There's one I read a couple of years ago that I couldn't put down, but I'm going to have to get back to you on that Sure. One. Did you ever see the animated movie Ratatouille? It's, it's a customer gave that to me. It's sitting in my attic. I have to, I have not seen it, oh but I've been told God. I have to. Yes. <laughs> it is so good. And yeah. while, you know, it's about a rat that's a chef, of uh-huh. course, that is not, <laughs> you don't have any rats in your kitchen, but no. at least not literal rats. The truth is it's so adorable. I've always wondered if aspects of it might not be akin to what it would be like in a kitchen where people are creating delicious things to eat. Yeah. I have to watch that movie. I can report back. We'll say watch this space. Yep. Final espresso shot. What would Java junkies be surprised to learn about your profession? I think everyone would be surprised to learn how much waste there is and how much work we all have to do to fix it. You know, it is so hard to cook the correct amount of food to feed people every day. And if it rains or snows, a government day off or something like that, your sales can be completely off. And then what do you do with all that food? And it's so challenging. A, for your bottom line and B, just from a food waste perspective, it's terrible. Yeah. So what do you do? I mean, is it possible to freeze your soups? So we're very fortunate that the soups have a really good shelf life. So we don't have a ton of that in our production facility, but we do have two soup shops and we have worked with local soup kitchens. We've worked with charities that will pick up the food. A lot of times we give it to staff and unfortunately, sometimes it goes in the garbage. You know, if we make a mistake, if we overproduce, or again, we didn't anticipate a really rainy day. And we just end up having food go in the garbage can and we work really hard to prevent that. And the staff takes home a lot of extra food that's quote unquote expired, but it's a much broader conversation that everyone's having in the food industry to try to fix this. Well, that's good to know. And maybe some of our listeners can get excited about that and come up with a way for us to solve that big problem. Hmm? Sarah, thank you so much for making Time for Coffee today with me and the Time for Coffee community. If our listeners want to hear more and learn more about how Sarah built her career and built Supergirl, they should check out show notes for this episode to see if her main Time for Coffee interview has already dropped. Thank you so, so much. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to Time for Coffee where the professionals in the jobs that most interest you 
always have time to grab coffee 24-7, no matter where you live. I have one quick favor to ask you. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to Time for Coffee. Thanks so much.